from Asia heat with the power of water. From South America, Mati with the power of heart. When the five powers combine, they summon Earth's greatest champion, Captain Planet. A Foley, a Foley, Jacobson, sorry, visited Georgetown University <laughs> and talked to students to see how much they were willing to do for the planet. And of course, everyone agreed how crucial it was to fight climate change. How important is climate change to you and combating it, fighting against it? Well, climate change is like everything. When you live, you need like to have a clear air and like a clear environment. I think it's really important because the climate's something that we live in and we um, thrive on. So it's something we need to protect. I mean, it directly affects us so and everything around us. So I think, yeah, I don't think people have been doing enough for it. Very important and very pressing and it should be talked about more. I agree. It's very important and should be taken more seriously. And it upsets me. I agree with what they said. And then it upsets me that it's been politicized. Do you think we should be doing everything in our power as individuals? to try and combat it yeah obviously yeah like when you see uh, like it's very important so why not like this shouldn't be even a question it'll directly affect us so we should be doing everything we can Biden released a plan for climate change trying to combat the crisis would you support a plan like that yes generally would follow it if it did things correctly yes I actually he mentioned that in his um speech of Congress correct yeah definitely since it's such a such a big issue right now. Yeah, I would definitely support any plan to try and help it. Yes. How thoughtful. Our future is in safe hands. <laughs> if only they could pronounce the first T in important. <laughs> Are T's bad for the environment? It's important to me. Important. But what happens when you ask them to... You mentioned that in his... Um speech of congress correct yeah definitely since it'll directly affect us so we should be doing everything we can biden released a plan for climate change trying to combat the crisis would you support a plan like that yes generally would follow it if it did things correctly yes i actually he mentioned that in his um speech of congress correct yeah definitely since it's such a such a big issue right now yeah i would definitely support any plan to try and help it yes how thoughtful. Our future is in safe hands. <laughs> if only they could pronounce the first T in important. <laughs> Are T's bad for the environment? It's important to me. Important. But what happens when you ask them to sign a pledge vowing to actually do their part? What do you think? Do you guys vow to stop all personal air travel, so never use an airplane, especially international travel? Uh, do you guys pledge to eat a cold dinner three times a week to decrease how many times you use your stove uh, because that creates carbon emissions? And would you guys commit to living somewhere where you can only use a bike, so you would have to sell your car, you would have to bike to work and to school every single day? If you guys vow to do all three of these things, you guys can sign the pledge, but if okay. you guys don't, I'm sorry, we have to go. Okay. Thank you. We'll keep that in mind. Yeah, okay, thank you. I, yeah, thank you so much. I, I have to head out of school, so okay. I won't be able to do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they fled like they were being chased by Charlie Rose in an open robe with a jar of Vicks vapor rub. <laughs> Let's hear more. So you would never fly a plane ever again? I mean, that 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 one 
could be a little bit difficult. Would you be willing to, to do all three of these things, you know, never travel on an airplane again and never use a car, eat cold dinners um, in an effort to combat climate change? Yes, for a given amount of time. But for the rest of your life? Probably not. I travel a lot, so it's going to be difficult. How else, like, you know, like, where would I like, go? How would I get around, you know? I'll be eating cold dinner three times a week to decrease the uh, time to the stove. What about the other ones? Uh, maybe not. I definitely can vow to do the first one, however. I don't know about the second because it'd be difficult finding meals that don't require cooking. I don't even have a quip from that. That's 1990, and they were already brainwashing. We just didn't know it. Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. campaign and electioneering asymmetry has left us in a position where we are watching democracy collapse. So, you know, it is time. I mean, it's kind of like being, you know, attacked in Pearl Harbor. We had Pearl Harbor, right? We've been living through it. It, it, It's been a slow running event, but, you know, with Trump's, um, you know, comments about election integrity from the beginning, I mean, beginning of the presidential cycle, we now see uh, about 35% of our fellow Americans think that Joe Biden stole the presidency, and they're seeing that message reinforced all through their ecosystem. When when the story does arise, right, in some country that you don't follow closely and you're not an expert of, and they say there's an election and it was certified, but then these people dispute it, I'm, I always say, like, well, I don't actually know what the deal is here, right? I'm not, I'm not following this. And that kind of cloud of uncertainty when you're not in it, right, if as an outside observer, it could be a little hard to adjudicate. Like, okay, well, who actually, who's right here, right? And and we've seen that abroad, and Ari, we've seen it in our own history, right? I mean, this is this is precisely the thing that happened in the Jim Crow South. It's this attack on legitimacy through means both legal and extra legal. That was the way in which the Jim Crow, you know, state was constructed. That's absolutely right, Chris. We had a multiracial democracy in the United States, and it was taken away. And that's what people don't realize. And the pattern between the attack on voting rights at the end of Reconstruction and the attack on voting rights today is so similar. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin. Here are the top things that we're watching at this hour. Democracy is under assault. And vowing to fight back against the Republican efforts to make it harder to vote. Consistently being marginalized, consistently being minimized, consistently being underappreciated, undervalued. And in a world of sports where you got dudes with guaranteed contracts making money that would secure their generations, generations of family. 
you got folks hesitant to speak up. You got players, mm -hmm. NBA players are some of the most powerful people in this world. When have they spoken up for black coaches? When? When have they spoken up for black executives, GMs, president of basketball operations? When has that happened? LeBron, all of them, everybody. Where the hell have they been? Nobody's done anything. And then when we we the media, we bring it up, and you got white folks out here going to sit up there and look at Stephen A and say, oh, here he is bringing up race. And none of the black players speak up and say, yo, he got a point. Yo, he's right. Yo, there's something that needs to be done here. Do y'all want me to bring up the Rooney rule and how it might be needed in basketball? Oh, I forgot. I can't do that. Why? Because the Rooney rule ain't even working in the damn NFL. So when are we going to say something about it? I'm just, you know what? I'm going to walk away. I'll be right back because I'm scared I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble because I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Yeah, Burke, you want to respond? The vaccine is free. It's safe and it's effective. Getting the vaccine is not a partisan act. The science was done under Democratic and Republican administrations. He's always going to be a liar. He's always been a liar. He's always been a bigot. He's always going to be a bigot. So why do we keep saying, oh, my God, I can't believe that he's a bigot? Of course he is. Oh, my God, I can't believe he's a liar. Of course he's a liar. That's who he is. Core. Leopard doesn't change his stripes. Of course leopards don't change their stripes. <laughs> they don't have stripes. Those are tigers, dumbass. Next on CNN, do zebras change their spots? his brain i tell you killing him in the ratings he's falling apart all right i spend a fair portion of time talking about crime but that's because as a small government fan but a huge tv star <laughs> that's not funny that's not a laugh line cat it's really the only thing i want addressed by our politicians that and the height requirement for theme park rides i mean are the teacups really that dangerous and maybe I did watch too many cop shows as a kid. In fact, while other kids played doctor, I played stop and frisk. But if we can create safe societies, everyone benefits equally. You're more free to pursue your dreams, be it in education or your career, or my favorite hobby, which is soaring through the air in a porta potty. You should have seen what it looked like inside. <laughs> but all of this is hard to do in a society in which thugs are allowed to roam free like locally raised free-range chicken. When crime goes up, your opportunity for a reasonable existence on this planet drops faster than Cat's bank account on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanova said his department will be expanding concealed weapons permits. I bet you want to know why. Because we have less cops on the street, more crooks, less consequences. You know, what could go wrong with that combination, right? We've, uh, we've uh, increased our capacity to process CCW permits. We made the good cause standard achievable. And uh, we're um, recognizing that the threat to the residents is increasing. So we're responding accordingly. 
So less cops, more crooks, less consequences. That results in more guns for residents. So thank you, Democrats. Citizens now get to fight crime. Then, of course, they run the risk of being arrested for defending themselves. But the sheriff has little choice. The crime stats for L.A. are as staggering as the city's drug-addicted transients. Homicides are up 95%, 95%. Grand Theft Auto, 40%. Rape is up 7.8%. Aggravated assault, 129 Arson's up 22%. Where is RoboCop when you need him? The sheriff calls the rise in crime an existential threat, and he's right. But where have you heard that phrase before? It's usually Democrats and their compliant media attaching it to stuff they read about on a campus flyer. Climate change is an existential risk. Old white men are an existential threat. Trump was the existential risk of all time. But it's hard to argue what is existential because by definition it's imprecise or it's because you've been shot. It's true right now, being murdered by a psychopath is your existential risk. However, that's the only thing that isn't an existential risk, according to the media. And don't look to Joe Biden, or as he calls himself, President Harris. <laughs> to him, the real violence comes from a well-oiled, organized white supremacy movement, which I guess is what they call Republicans these days. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. It's June 5th, 2021, and holy sheep shit, Batman. What the fucking fuck? That is a chunk of stuff I just threw at you, so let, let's break down the intro. We have Captain Planet. That's actually a show that was created by Turner, uh, fucking uh, Ted Turner, and it literally aired from 90 to 96, and it basically was the beginning of Sunrise Movement. I mean, this was one long indoctrination that you and I didn't even know about, but it was the same concept. Then going into actually interviewing modern day eco warriors and you see it, it's no different than anything else in our society. They're not going to do it. Fuck that. That's for you white people. They're not white. They're woke. So they get a different classification. Then we go into another MSNBC where I just love that ecosystem. Now, the Republicans are in an ecosystem of misinformation, and then they just hammer you with one, two, three, everybody's racist. One guy getting so angry on ESPN, a sports channel, he walks the fuck off. The president finally admitting that a Republican helped do a vaccine, but they got to do damage control because they've been saying that you can't take the vaccine because Donald Trump made the vaccine. So if Donald Trump made the vaccine, well, definitely it can't be a good vaccine. So yeah, we're not going to take that vaccine. That, that's what you did. Finalized with the Tucker of just, I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck? What is wrong with these people? Sal, Gal Sadat. I'm going to do a couple before we get into the meat and potatoes. And you know what it is today. It's going to be Falky's emails. And everybody's covering it. But I, I, I got to talk about it. I mean, goddamn! This is everything. This is exactly. Well, we'll we'll get to it. It's it just it's it's everything. It's what we've been talking about. Watching Joe Biden rail against the greatest threat facing the U.S., namely white supremacy, is truly a form of mind fuck that is difficult to stomach. It is akin to Biden waking up every day and delivering a speech on the need to stop Hitler 
from invading the East Coast. Us and the necessity to ensure Genghis Khan does not break through, I think she meant U.S., sorry, through the West Coast of the U.S. Who are the white supremacists? How many are there? How are they the greatest threat to the U.S.? How are they more dangerous than extremists of noble faith? Everyone just nods quietly as an extraordinary false and divisive narrative is promulgated repeatedly by the supposed leader of the free world. He keeps giving a speech that might have been relevant a hundred years ago. It is truly astonishing to watch. O'Biden is just a talking puppet of a perfect one at that. He's blackmailed up his plastic surgery enhanced eyebrows and has no choice. Barry Hussein writes the talking points. Susan Wright puts them in speech form. O'Biden just reads what's put in front of him. He's projecting the real white supremacists are the white college liberals. It's the darkness that makes the left's light shine so brightly and the boogeyman that justifies everything. American elites are either unable or unwilling to solve the issue that affects us. Healthcare, stable jobs, a pay and living wage, a vision of who we are and what is it we're about, but wish to retain their privileged position while speaking down to the unwashed masses. Meanwhile, he stops a speech mid-sentence to hit on a little girl who's eight years old. It's true. The Falky emails are so important. More important than Trump's phone call. Trump saying, go and speak peacefully. And then a riot happens that's a mixed bag of a lot of Trumpers and some Antifa and some covert BLM people and Nancy Pelosi knowing it was going to happen and a woman getting shot in the face even though four fucking armed guys with AK-40 or ARs walked past her and didn't apprehend her. What This is what it's done to America. This is what it's done. Gallup poll. Support for uh, finally a majority, 56% for normal life. Support for normal life by party, 87% of Republicans, 64% of independents, and 29% of Democrats. See, what happened there is you can no longer say Republicans don't believe in science. 64% of independents. 64 The lady says, so sad it's been politicized. It has. But that's what they've done. They have scared people with false bullshit. I mean, we'll get in the emails today, but for fuck's sake, he knew it was just a bad flu. He was saying it. But then they locked down. I mean, Greg Gutfeld keeps saying it, and I, I don't like using the word because I think it's like one of the most overused fucking hyperbole that we have, but this makes Watergate look like nothing. Which, you know, in modern day, it is nothing. And neither party would go impeach, well, the Democrats would impeach people, but nobody would fucking try to impeach somebody over dark money because the left's got so much dark money they can't even handle it. They rigged an election. I'm not talking Dominion. I'm not talking. Hey, the eight. I'll even give the Never Trumpers their 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 due because they they're the ones that really get upset with this shit. 
more than Democrats. But we'll take out the 80 voting laws changed out around Congress of states, just done by a bunch of Democratic bureaucrats. We'll take that off the table. The media onslaught and what they did with COVID rigged an election. You rigged an election. You lied so much that now Democrats still don't want to leave their house. We read scientists on here literally saying, I don't know how these glasses get dirty. They sit down here on this desk and they get smudged. And I don't even know how they get smudged. So every show you see me cleaning my fucking glasses and I just don't understand. But you have scientists who don't want to go back. They, they want people to stay in mask. Would be interesting to know for the 71% of Dems who oppose a return to normalcy, what percentage oppose it even if COVID cases hit zero? He's right. They, they, they love this. They, they just love it. They love it. Other replies, telling that an overwhelming majority want to go back to normal except for Dems, who are overwhelmingly addicted to the taste of the boot. Trajectory is good, but incredible how entrenched Democrats seem to be. July 4th is Independence Day from COVID Day, where all restrictions end and masks are gone in every setting. If it is not and hysteria continues to fall, Democrats get destroyed next year. Yikes. How could someone look at a situation in June 2021 and conclude that we should, we should not live a normal life? Everything with these people is brainwashing. They know if they can get every kid to be so scared that the planet is going to blow the fuck up, they're going to vote their way. They know if they can get everybody to believe the six-tenths of a percent of trans. It's the latest numbers. I've been saying seven-tenths. So that takes your five point. 3% of the country is gay, yet 1 out of 10 every fucking show you have a gay person. And we have tranny parades and fucking Blue's Clues doing it for 0.06 of a percent of the country who's trans. But if they can get people to think that way, the majority who believe the country's 35-40% gay... Because of Hollywood and Democratic rhetoric, they win. These people are so petty. State Department shuns term Abraham Accords. They discourage people from using it because they want to downplay the ability for people to know that Trump did do something. Now, if you go back and research, in your mind, the media barely covered it. They said it was a nothing burger. Yet it held during a conflict. This whole thing is so entrenched. I'm going to play another segment from Gutfeld. This is scary. The whole system broke when even the doctors go woke. That's the question posed by writer Katie Herzog, who reveals in a new report that wokeness has now invaded the field of medicine. 
Apparently, a group of doctors from around the country have been meeting on Zoom. What's that? To discuss what's been happening in their hospitals and how to fight it. Writes Herzog, I've heard from doctors who've been reported to their departments for criticizing residents for being late. It was seen by their trainees as an act of racism. I've heard from doctors who've stopped giving trainees honest feedback for fear of retaliation. I've spoken to those who have seen clinicians and residents refuse to treat patients based on their on their race or their perceived conservative politics. Not giving feedback to a trainee. Picture that. Mm. I don't want to sound racist, but you were late uh, for your ER shift and people died. (laughs) But were they white? (laughs) It gets worse, says one ER doctor on the West Coast. I've heard examples of COVID-19 cases in the ER where providers go, I'm not going to treat that white guy. I'm going to treat the person of color instead because whatever happened to the white guy, he probably deserves it. Uh Well, there's no racism like anti-racism. Now, I'm not a doctor, although that didn't stop me from outfitting my van with an examination table. I carry my reflex hammer everywhere. (laughs) But doesn't this race-based behavior violate the hippopotamus oath? This article is is fucking shocking, and you can get it at Substack. Barry Weiss Substack. What happened when doctors can't tell the truth? Whole area of research are off-limit. Top physicians treat patients based on the race. An ideological purge is underway in American medicine. And I put the picture up, but it shows doctors with their fists up during a pride fest or a blm hate the world um people are afraid to speak honestly there's a calculator that people have used for decades that predicts the likelihood of having successful vaginal delivery after you've had cesarean one obstetrician in northeast told me you put in an age of a person how much they weigh in their race and if they're black it calculates that they are less likely to have successful vaginal deliveries that means clinicians are more likely to counsel black patients to get a c-section a surgery they might not actually need there's no biological reason for race to be a factor here which is why the calculators just changed this year but this is an example how system-wide bias can harm black mothers who are two to three times more likely to die in childbirth than white women even when you control the factors like income and education but while this obstetrician and others see the problem endemic in their field they're also alarmed by the dogma currently spreading through medical schools and hospitals i've heard from doctors who've been reported to their departments for criticizing residents for being late some of the doctors say that there's a purge People are afraid to speak honestly. It's like back to the USSR where you could only speak to the ones you trust. The authorities found you, you would lose your job, your status. When doctors do speak out, share another, the reaction is savage and you better be tenured or you're gone. We're afraid of what's happening to other people happening to us. We are seeing people being fired. We're seeing people's reputation being sullied. There are members of our group who say, I will be asked to leave a board. I will endanger the work of nonprofit that I leave if it comes out. While the hyper-focus on identity is seen by most proponents of social justice ideology is a necessary corrective to America's past sins, some people working in the medicine are deeply concerned by what justice and equity actually look like. The intellectual foundation for this movement is the Marxist view of the world, but stripped of economics and placed with race determination. Because you have a huge group of people, mostly people of color, who have been underserved, it was inevitable this model was going to be applied research off limits i mean it's so long i would take a whole show calling out patience fucking i'm not going to treat that white guy 
One, uh, there's a generation gap between the doctors on Zoom, the youngest of whom have been practicing for at least 10 years and doctors just beginning their career. The older clinicians are more likely to appear politically neutral, at least at work, while younger students and clinicians are more likely to prioritize activism. One prominent organization, White Coats for Black Lives, was formed by medical students in 2014 and now has at least 75 chapters all over the U.S. in addition to publishing a racial justice report card that grades medical schools. The group encourages medical students to make specific demands of their institution. When asked what serving ties with police would do in an urban emergency room, one ER doctor said it would be total disaster. Police, he told me, are a vital part of emergency operations from securing crime scenes to emergency responders can see victims to helping transport patients to keeping a hospital staff and patients safe. I was in a situation once when an ambulance brought in a gunshot victim. We brought the patient in, and about 15 minutes later, a group came looking for him. They came to finish him off. They were going from room to room looking for him, and when a couple of guys from hospital security tried to get them to leave, one shot a gun in the air. Luckily enough, we heard the police sirens bringing someone else in, and when they heard the sirens, they ran. If not for the police, I don't know what would have happened. As another example of generation gap, an ER doctor on the West Coast said sees providers, particularly younger ones, applying anti-racial principles and choosing how to allocate their time. I've heard examples of COVID-19 cases in the emergency department where providers go, I'm not going to treat that white guy. I'm going to treat the person of color instead because whatever happened to the white guy, he probably deserved. And it goes on and on and on and on. It's a large article. It is worth your time. But it's the perfect preface for what we have. This is Oliver Darcy. Instead of touching the simple fact that Fauci lied, Fauci is implicated in this virus ever being created. He helped with many other institutions in the federal government who were doing what the media told them, the left told them. And not doing what the Trump admitted. I mean, as much stuff as you find out in these emails, if you look at it, that literally, if you did it now under Biden, would be front page news and they'd be calling for your family to be executed. Literally. People in every part of the government were covering this up because they knew we financed the lab. They knew that's where it came from. They knew all the data was a lie. But should we cover it that way? No. We're part of the Democratic Party. Our purpose is to be part of the snow job of the American people who are news illiterate. They don't research anything. They do what Google, Facebook, and Twitter, and CNN, and MSNBC, and ABC, and PBS, and NBC, and all of them, WAPO, New York Times, tells them. When a real scandal breaks, it's fake. When fake scandals break, it's an impeachment event. So he says... Fox has been awfully interested in the week in looking back at Dr. Fauci's record and scrutinizing his early remarks. The right-wing talk channel airwaves have been saturated with hosts knocking his early comments on masks and the origins of coronavirus, which is awfully ironic coming from the same network that got so much about COVID wrong from the outset. Really? You'll remember, as I wrote back in the early stages of the pandemic, that Fox spent weeks downplaying the virus and comparing it to seasonal flu which we find out it was. Then the network spent weeks and weeks promoting miracle cures while running cover for Trump. Criticizing Fauci is fair game, but Fox hosts and commentators doing so might also want to consider taking a look at the dangerous info they put out.
Philip Bump writes about how Tucker Carlson has leveraged yet another document dump to accuse Fauci of criminality. Pounce. It's always pounce. Even though it's all true, this is your media. God bless America and may God protect our troops. Thank you all for being here. President, the infrastructure talks. I'm going to be having a talk this afternoon and I'll be able to report to you after that. Thank Are you, you expecting a counteroffer, Mr. President? I'll tell you after I meet this afternoon. Mr. President, you talk hostage to Dr. Fauci? Yes, I'm very confident, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> At least 14 states have now passed or introduced bills to limit the power of local leaders and health officials in the event of future health crises. This is really that push-pull between, on the one hand, more checks and balances against what some see as overreach, and on the other hand, letting public do what they need to do, even if it's not popular, to keep people safe in whatever crisis could come next. A new report from a coalition of public health officials finds more than a dozen states have introduced or passed bills that would limit the power of state leaders, like the governor or health departments, when it comes to certain safety measures in a crisis like a pandemic. That makes Bob Souter nervous. He owns Wolf's Ridge Brewing in Columbus, and even though his business almost went under, he wants experts, not politicians, looking at science to stay safe. There are critics of laws like this who say that you are tying the hands of public health officials were a pandemic like this to happen again. I think that that is, that is a gross mischaracterization of what we're doing. That group of state and local public health officials is trying to draw more attention to what's happening in these state houses, arguing that these laws are not just demoralizing to health officials. To human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That email was April 18th. Now, there are some of your critics who say this shows you have too cozy of a relationship with the people behind the Wuhan lab research. What do you say to that? Oh, that's nonsense. I don't even see how they get that from that email. There was an email from you to Sylvia Burwell, the, the former HHS secretary that had to do with masks. And this is getting a great deal of attention. And the date here is February 5th, which I think is hugely important. She apparently had asked you whether she should wear a mask on a trip. Uh, and you responded to her concluding, I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are going to a very low risk location. That was February 5th. A lot has transpired since then. If you had to go back and do it all over again, um, would you tell her something different? Do you regret that? Well, you know, John, let's get real here. If you look at scientific information as it accumulates, what is going on in January and February, what you know as a fact. question you probably hear a lot, I hear a lot, is from people out on the street and people who are on our show, why is this so hard? Why is it so hard to find the source of this outbreak that's killed more than 3 million people around the world? 600,000 people here in the United States has upended our lives and our economy. Is it because China is so opaque? Is it because WHO is not sharing information? Why is this so difficult? You know, there are several reasons, Willie, why it's difficult. I think one of the things is that we need better access to all the information I mean, it's obviously in China's interest to find out 
exactly what it is. And just on this point of, of your public profile, I, I read through your emails that were released, and I, I just want to read one of them. Um, there were a lot of inquiries about your public profile. I mean, this very conversation was much harder to have under the ex-president. And this was your response to one um, about whether or not you'd have a press conference. You wrote, yikes, that would make four days in a row without a press conference for me, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and tomorrow. I wonder if you feel like you're still making up some of that lost ground from many months under the last administration of not just no information, but disinformation being out there. Do you still see some hardness among his supporters around the vaccine or around some of these messages you're sharing with us today? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that there are people out there who, for one reason or other, resent me for what I did in the last administration, which was not anything that was anti-Trump at all. It was just trying to get the right information to try and get the right data. And what they didn't seem to understand, I guess that's understandable (laughs) that they didn't understand it, is that science is a dynamic process. So something that you know in January you make a recommendation or a comment about it. But as you get more and more information, the information leads you to change because that's what science is. It's a self-correcting process. So when you hear someone say something at one point, and then two or three months later, if you stick with what you said at the original time when you had one-fifth the amount of data that you have now, I think that would be inappropriate. It's appropriate, although sometimes it's difficult for people to understand how as you learn more and more, you've got to continue to evolve with the data. And that's what I was trying to do, is to always tell the truth on the basis of what the data is. And it was never deliberately something against the president. In fact, you spoke about my emails you look at my emails, I never in the email said anything derogatory about President Trump. Well, the true mark of someone is if they look good, even when their personal emails come out. So you, you pass the test that very few of us would, would pass. Dr. Anthony Fauci, thank you for spending some time with us today talking about all of it. We're always grateful to get some of your time. Are there any you wish you would have sent or things you wish you would have said over the past year that you didn't? No, not necessarily. The only trouble is they are really ripe to be taken out of context where someone can snip out a sentence in an email without showing the other emails. A couple of these that are going around the Internet, maybe you could provide that context for us. This uh, from you about masks. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. Conceivably, even cloth masks are allow even more things through. Uh, Were you incorrect then? I'm I'm trying to understand the evolution of that. Other than taking the Chinese word for it, do we have any idea on what's going on inside the Wuhan lab or what went on inside the Wuhan lab? Well, again, let's put things in context. The, 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 The scientists in the Wuhan lab for years and years, among other credible, trusted scientists in China. We're not talking about the Communist Chinese Party. We're not talking about the Chinese military. 
We're talking about scientists that we've had relationships for years. I guess what I'm hearing from you is we should just trust the Chinese when they say, oh, no. the military has nothing to do with this. We should believe them. No, what I'm what I'm saying is that we have very many years of experience of productive interaction with Chinese scientists. Doctor, I'm not, I'm not disputing that you had great work with them, but what I'm trying to get at is that all of the comments that were made about what happened inside that lab are based essentially on taking the Chinese word for it. No matter how good your experiences were over years or decades, it seems pretty clear that the Chinese lied about a number of things related to the coronavirus. Right. We can all agree about that. And I'm wondering now, how can the American people be assured as we, as we look at this that... For example, the money that went to the Wuhan lab didn't end, end up okay. uh, being used by the Chinese military. It seems as though well, you can do that for certain. Well, can we again, with due respect, put things into perspective? The, 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 the Wuhan lab is a very large lab to the tune of hundreds of millions, if not billion dollars. Right. So now you're making extrapolation that we sent in uh, no sir i'm not i'm not making no, any extrapolation no sir no sir no sir i'm not making any extrapolation i'm simply saying the fact of the matter is is that so much of what was we were told as americans about what we knew from the right. chinese was based simply on taking their word right that's right. fair okay and and based on that we really have no you heard in the the lead up that Biden, i'm very confident in him But before I play a Tucker segment, so deeper dive in the emails, let's look at who came up with this. It was Vanity Fair. That's not a lib, uh, conservative fucking magazine. My month, this is Catherine Ebon, month-long Vanity Fair investigation on COVID-19 origins is live. Interviewing with over 40 people, review of hundreds of pages of U.S. government documents, including internal memos, meeting minutes, mail correspondence I found. The investigation found the center of it all were massive conflicts of interest in U.S.-funded gain-of-function research that prevented any sort of investigation to take place. Conflicts of interest in part of the large U.S. government grant supporting controversial virology research known as gain-of-function hampered U.S. government investigation into COVID-19 origins and legit questions on LabLink. From her, her, not a conservative, her, by then Matthew Pottinger had approved a COVID-19 origin team run by the NSC director that oversaw issues related to weapon of mass destruction. A longtime Asia expert and former journalist, Pottinger purposely kept the team small because there were so many people within the government wholly discounting the possibility of a lab leak who were predisposed that it was impossible, said Pottinger. In addition, many leading experts had either received or approved funding for gain of research. Their conflicted status, said Pottinger, played a profound role in muddying the waters and contaminating the shots at having an impartial inquiry because they knew. In a 12-9-20 State Department meeting, officials say they were explicitly told by colleagues not to explore Wuhan Institute of Virology gain-of-function research because it would bring unwelcome attention to the U.S. government. An internal memo, Thomas Diano, then acting Act Assistant Secretary of State Department, Arms Control Verification Compliance Bureau, documented his team was warned not to pursue an investigation into origins of COVID-19 because it would open a can of worms if it continued. Former State Department officials 
told Vanity Fair they were repeatedly advised not to open a Pandora's box. Smells like a cover-up, and I wasn't going to be part of it. How much U.S. taxpayer money went to Wuhan? On her CV, a lead researcher, Shi Zengi, listed U.S. government support of more than $1.2 million over five years. $665,000 from NIH, $559,500 from USAD. Former CDC direct, Gov Director Redfield Dr. got death threats from fellow scientists after telling CNN he believes COVID-19 had lab origin. I was threatened and ostracized because I proposed another hypothesis. And this sheep occur. This piece is one message. Our CDC government scientist community completely failed us. The lab leak theory inside the fight to uncover COVID-19 origins. They knew. They knew. They, they all knew. They, they just fucking knew. We did it. We financed it. Fauci knew it all along. They just knew. Reading the Vanity Fair story and a bunch of things jumped out at me just concerning the mythology of early 2020. Many in establishment court media have been blaming Trump for their own effort to suppress lab leak hypothesis. It's odd. It reads like TDS. The picture that he put in here. Trump's premature statement poisoned the waters for anyone seeking an honest question to answer to the question of where code 19 came from, according to Pottinger. There was an antibody response within the government which any discussion of a possible lab origin was linked to destructive nativism posturing. The revulsion extended to the international science community whose maddening silence frustrated Miles Yu, he called. Anyone who dares speak out would be ostracized. Too risky to pursue. Think about that for a second. Because my theory is going to be on the back end. I'm going to skip Tucker. What else have they lied to you about? I mean, we now know it had a .06 death rate. Less than the flu. If you go back on this podcast, that's what I was reading from scientists. The mask never worked. I'm going to play the Tucker. I'm going to play the Tucker. It's going to be a long show. I'm playing this. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Funny thing about the corona pandemic. For so long, we knew very little. Now we know an awful lot. It's now clear that in the earliest days of the coronavirus pandemic, public health officials in Washington were panicked. At the time, as you'll remember, it was not clear what the mortality rate from the virus would turn out to be. But that was not their main concern. Officials in Washington were terrified for themselves. They were afraid of being exposed. They had used American tax dollars to fund reckless experiments in China that in the end likely created COVID-19. If that fact were to become public, it would be over. They'd be shamed and ridiculed, possibly even indicted. Their professional lives would be done. So they immediately set to work hiding it on a cover-up. 
Last winter, a group of well-known scientists publicly dismissed the lab leak theory in a letter to The Lancet as absurd and categorically untrue. And yet at the same time, they wrote emails to each other conceding that actually the virus did look engineered by human hands in a lab. Meanwhile, Tony Fauci worked on censorship. Fauci made certain that the self-appointed fact checkers who control the flow of inf information in this country shut down anyone who dared challenge the official story, which again, we now know was a lie. In the final days of the last administration, the State Department finally began a serious investigation into the origins of COVID, into what was happening at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But almost immediately after the election, Joe Biden shut it down. So in all, the lying went on unimpeded for a year and a half. And we're just learning now how deep it went. The Informed Consent Action Network, a group that advocates for transparency in vaccines, has just obtained thousands of new emails to and from Tony Fauci. They show, among other things, that Fauci knew perfectly well that his own directives often had no basis in science. For example, in February of last year, Tony Fauci told us in public that the COVID outbreak could go one of two ways. It would either be a catastrophic pandemic, that's what we were all worried about, or it could very well turn out to be just an unusually bad flu season. Those were the options. If it continues to evolve into what we hope it doesn't, namely a pandemic flu, it will be very much like a really, really bad flu season or a moderately bad pandemic season. So it could be a pandemic or just a bad flu. Which one would it turn out to be? At least one reporter asked him that in an email. He's a man called John LaPook, the chief medical correspondent at CBS News. On February 16th of last year, LaPook asked Fauci just how dangerous COVID-19 was. What were the numbers on it? At that time, you'll remember, Fauci was telling the public not to wear masks. He was telling reporters it was fine to attend political rallies. Public gatherings were okay. Fauci responded to LaPook by outlining the conditions that would make him change his mind and demand lockdowns. Quote, the current mortality of COVID-19 is about 2%. However, there are several folds more cases than are, that are coming to the official attention of health authorities. In other words, asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic infections. If you count these, the case fatality rate could drop to 1% or even half a percent or less. If that is the case, then this would be a very severe flu season, 0.2 to 0.4%. Regular flu season is 0.1%. Or a typical pandemic like 1957 or 1968, half a percent to 0.9%. We're not sure where this is gonna land. So it's interesting to note that Tony Fauci used the term case fatality rate in the email. That means the number of deaths divided by confirmed COVID-19 cases. Confirmed meaning people who have gone to the doctor usually died in a hospital. But then Fauci starts talking about the infection fatality rate. That includes the total estimated amount of COVID-19 infections in the country, including ones with no symptoms. That is a far more meaningful number, particularly if you're trying to make health policy for the entire country. You should calculate how many people who have the virus are dying from it. So what is that number? What is the actual death rate from COVID? Well, at the height of the outbreak in late May, the CDC's best estimate for the fatality rate for people with COVID-19 symptoms, just the ones with symptoms, was 0.4%. That estimate was contained in a CDC document called COVID-19 Pandemic Planning Scenarios. It was intended for hospitals. It was not in a public press release. Reason Magazine got a copy of it. JP Morgan looked at the data and came to pretty much the same conclusion. 
Infection fatality rates in the spring of 2020, at the height of the pandemic, were 0.06% in Santa Clara, California. They were the same in Los Angeles. They were 0.18% in Miami-Dade County. In other words, by Tony Fauci's own definition, what we were experiencing was effectively a severe flu season at the worst. But that's not what Fauci said under oath when he testified at a House oversight hearing in March of last year. In that hearing, Fauci claimed the COVID-19 infection mortality rate was around 1%, which Fauci explained means it's, quote, 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu. That's untrue. That's a lie, it turns out. It's hard to think of a more misleading use of numbers. In fact, survival rates for COVID-19 for anyone under the age of 70 turned out to be north of 99.5%. Fauci knew that. On March 16th, someone relayed a question for Fauci that a Fox News anchor, Steve Hilton, had asked on the air. Here it is, quote, given the relative safety of all but the elderly and those whose immune systems are compromised, why not quarantine only them? Fauci's response, stay tuned, period. So we did. And the next few weeks, Fauci said, shut the country down. He encouraged closing down schools, even though, as he wrote in one February email, quote, children have a very low rate of infection. He knew that, but he pushed to close schools anyway. Then he told everyone in the country to wear masks, even though he knew they didn't work. As he explained in another February email, which we're just now getting, quote, the typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material, end quote. Those drugstore masks don't work. But Fauci continued to demand that you wear those drugstore masks. He continued to demand that the lockdown continue. Why did he do that when he knew and we know for certain now we can prove it because we have the emails? He knew those were not recommendations grounded in science, but he pushed them anyway. Why? We can't say for certain. We do know the effect of these recommendations was a kind of medical martial law. The country was so miserable and so off balance for so long that no one really thought to ask, where did this virus come from? But Fauci knew where it came from. Here he is in 2018 celebrating the end of the federal moratorium on American taxpayer funding of gain of function research. NIH lifts funding pause on gain-of-function research. So let me explain this a little, because whenever this comes out, there's always the pushing back and forth from the press. So, like, NIH now is going to do dangerous research. No, actually, as a matter of fact, it's exactly the opposite. So a framework has been now established to guide funding decisions on proposed research that might be anticipated to create transfer or use enhanced potential pandemic pathogens. I'm going to speak slowly now for those of you who are not scientifically literate for the dumb people in the audience, which is everyone but me. The NIH is not going to conduct dangerous experiments. There's a framework. That was Fauci's promise. And in fact, it was half true. NIH did not conduct dangerous experiments. The NIH, Tony Fauci, paid for the Chinese to conduct dangerous experiments. And they did. There's no debate about that now. It happened. So what are the consequences going to be? What happens if you do something like this and wreck the country? Will Fauci face any consequences? The White House answered that question today.
Well, I think we've spoken to this pretty extensively from here. Let me just say on Dr. Fauci and his emails, he's also spoken to this many, many times over the last, over the course of the last few days, and we'll let him speak for himself. Um, and he's been an undeniable asset in our country's pandemic response. But it's obviously not that advantageous for me to relitigate the substance of emails from 17 months ago. <laughs> he can speak for himself. He's always got a place on Nicole Wallace's show where she'll tell him what a great man he is. Really kind of a hero. He can speak for himself on MSNBC. So nothing's going to happen to Tony Fauci. He's not even going to lose his job ever. As Biden Flack explained today, he will never be fired. Watch this. Being here, um, we all agree that we it's very important to put COVID behind us. You and I have talked about vaccines. We've talked about research. But now more and more, I, I think it's really important that we drill down because we don't want this to happen again. Uh, and we have seen other viruses that came from lab leaks. I think that is also something that wasn't widely discussed at the beginning of this. Um, you know, so I think there are a lot of questions about the relationships and why we weren't asking tougher questions early on from our medical professionals. I I, I agree we need to get to the bottom of this, but gosh, you and I just spent a whole bunch of minutes here talking about some issue that we need to get an answer to. And meanwhile, people are still dying from COVID-19 and we didn't even talk about the ways to get to an end to this with vaccines. We have rabbit holed for four years for anything they could try to make stick for Trump to get rid of him. And the worst part is never Trumpers, conservatives, the media, every fucking federal institution. Things that happen under Trump, if they happen right now, there would be an outcry like you would never believe with the media. How dare you do this to grandpa? How dare you? It was... A fucking lie. Mask. Lie. You don't need to wear them. You need to wear them. They don't work. He knows it. But now you need to wear three of them. Lockdowns. He knows they're not necessary. But we're, we're going to do it anyway. When, what, did, what did he say that was true? What? Do your fucking brains shut off when Trump talks? Does the sound of the voice negate all ability to reason? Trump's racism in this case was just a reactionary response to a wider media and elite institution adopting pro-China posturing, Chinese propaganda wholesale. When every major institution is saying you're not allowed to say the virus came from China because it's racist with an earshot of Chinese operatives saying the exact same things. Well, obviously, Donald Trump, of all people, is going to call it China virus. The response here should not... I fucked it up. Um ever literally be, well, we were just being reactionary because Trump was reacting to us propagating Chinese talking points. How obscene and bile-inducing. We were immature and irrational and capable of higher brain thought because Trump is the story. It's just sick. It's sickness. The first beat before treading in touchy areas, you must render genification to all God's TDS, else find yourself put out of polite society. Why in the world would the president saying the U.S. has intel, it came from a lab, which it did, be bomb-throwing? 
terrible that Asian people were under assault. I'm both not excusing that behavior and not excusing it use as a justification to annihilate open inquiry. Let's be perfectly honest. The media, the elites, and government institution did not want the inquiry because it would take focus off Trump in an election year. When China called it racist, they played all you goddamn fools. You think China gives a fuck about racism? Holy shit, guys. They also didn't want want it, as Vanity Fair and others have covered well since coming out of TDS days, because the trail led back to Dr. Fauci and company. The NIH Department of State and the Americans and American institutions are all implicated. So please, dear God, stop with the racist Trump prevented us nonsense. You had your reasons. China handed them to you. Trump reacted. There was no higher benevolence here. It was deliberate stifling and oppressive and it cost us a ton of time. This, is, this really is just the worst kind of elitist nagging. This guy asked a question, perhaps he was entirely accurate, but the thrust of his inquiry was literally a year ahead of Vanity Fair. How do they refer to that moment? In the most condescending way. And this one is. uh, This is a reply. Let me try to find it. Because it's in a thread. It's really fucking huge. At a White House. COVID-19 press briefing on April 17th. A reporter from the conspiratorial right-wing media outlet Newsmax asked Trump a factually inaccurate question about a 3.7 million NIH grant to level four labs in China. Why would the U.S. give a grant like that to China, a reporter asked. Trump responded, we will end the very that grant very quickly. Who was president then? I wonder. A week later, NIH official notified Danzig in writing that his grant had been terminated. The order had come from White House Dr. Fauci, later testified by Congressional Committee. The decision fueled a firestorm. 81 Nobel laureates in science denounced the decision in an open letter to Trump health officials and 60 Minutes. They knew. They just knew what it was, but Trump. But Trump. The reaction should rather be embarrassment and contrition, not self-righteous. At the very least, if someone that far beneath your capacity was on the right trail a year before you, the least you'd demonstrate is degree of humility. Meanwhile, as we're yelling about imaginary reasons for why we failed as an industry to piece together publicity, available information on the world's most pressing mystery, we note something major for which Trump is so to blame, but do so in such muted tones that it might go missed. The WH mission was in part, large part, a failure because Trump was too busy insisting he won an election that he did not win. That literally cannot help themselves but to negate condescension and insinuating racism for everything right now. They don't discover themselves. There's nothing alt-right about the idea that PLA might be weaponizing virus. The DOD has run war games on that assumption. Such a predictable equation. Guys, everyone who disagrees with your orthodoxy, whether it's lab leak or economic policy, does not require implication that they are racist. Glad to see China, the most racist country on earth that's running literal concentration camps right now, escape the kind of haughty insinuations rife throughout the piece and this tiny little nugget of blame they receive from Vanity Fair. If you think everyone who was right before you is a racist, maybe they were right 
and your fucking brain damage. Mostly it's just sad that such a comp- comprehensive piece has to be marred with cheap pot shots. There have been a number of good in-depth pieces that also highlighted Trump's lighting rod in the investigation and none of this shameless and self-righteousness. My goodness, this is friend from Daily Caller EIC, Greg Indesol's thought beat down of a profession that largely decided to side with concentration camp run in China out of pure partisanship and hatred of Trump than finding out why millions of people have died from COVID. It finally trended on Twitter, and then, of course, Twitter took it down. It went away. It just went away because we're not going to do it. People have bobbleheads. It's very important. Got to have it. You got to have it. Here's Washington Post. Anthony Fauci pandemic emails from March and April obtained through the Freedom of Information Act after a peek into... A world during the frantic early days. That That's how they're going to cover it. They're not going to say anything else. Ben Shapiro. The Falke emails just show the Falke consistently took the path of least resistance, downplaying the will on lab theory, flip-flopping on masking, militantly fighting Rand Paul over post-COVID immunity, even though he knew better. Paul was right. Falke wasn't following a science as a primary goal. He was a bureaucratic institutionalist, which is precisely what you would expect from a career bureaucrat, which is why it was insane for the media to saint him as a groundbreaking truth teller despite Trump. Now, I think we all have a bit of grace for people who are dealing with novel situations, as Falky was at the beginning, but it's hard to have grace as time goes on. Those people continue to promote falsehoods they know are falsehoods. Falky was, was just the John Roberts of public health, a guy trying to protect an institution without regard for the institution itself, and that sums it up very very well you break into these Th- these are from journalists this is 2020 february i cover media and low inform and low in- flow information public npr i'm also a host you and i once spoke blah blah you said a colleague the expert you couldn't Come on, coronavirus was taken out of context. What say you? These emails, they're just, they're, they're basically just saying, you're so great. Ben Smith. One of the really amazing things about this piece is how a bunch of confrontational Twitter people, some experts and some lay people broke all the news on a huge story while the media mostly looked away. He's from the New York Times. At least he understands. Brian Seltzer. This is how CNN's covering it. NIH director urging COVID origin focused Fox News to talk more about vaccines. So please, can we have a bit more focus on how we're going to save lives when we're talking about how this started? We need both of those, don't we? ...of health of trying to suppress information that the State Department was developing that tied uh, the origins of the COVID uh, virus to that Wuhan Institute of Virology. And there are also elements inside the State Department that apparently we're trying to steer away from that investigation and those conclusions. What do you say? 
Well, uh, I was going to pick up on the second point. There were people inside. Remember, this isn't when they're talking about uh, this question of trying to stop an investigation in the State Department. This wasn't happening in the Biden State Department. It was happening in the Trump State Department when Mike Pompeo was the Secretary of State. And there were people who were pushing to investigate the origins of COVID. And there were other State Department officials who said, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. It will open a can of worms. And it wasn't explained in any greater detail whether that meant a diplomatic can of worms, uh, a, a foreign policy can of worms or what. But, you know, it seems to me, John, that we ought to take the politics out of this. I think there certainly has been too much politics already when Donald Trump, back when he was president, suggested that China may have played a role and that it wasn't a naturally occurring virus. Uh, I think there was a knee-jerk reaction from some Democrats, from some people in the media, to say, well, if Trump says this is a possibility, it can't be a possibility. That was a mistake then. I think it's a mistake now to over-politicize it. Uh, they can't stop. They can't stop this shit. I mean, this is who they are. He, he ends up saying there is no smoking gun. He's just like CNN. Thousand emails from Dr. Falco reveal the weight that came with his role as a rare source of frankly honesty within the Trump administration COVID tax force. Oh, that's what you got. Then you have a medical analyst from CNN. I know their AAPIs are increasingly concerned the speculation over the lab leak theory will increase anti-Asian hate as we embark on a full scientific investigation. We must take action to prevent the next escalation of anti-racism. They, they need the Trump. She just goes on and on and on and on. I don't need the truth. We have this anti, we have these white supremacists. They're everywhere, but we can't prove it because black people are cocking fucking black people or Asian people in the face. But we don't cover that. We just, it's white supremacy. And we need, we need not to do it. Soros funded fact checkers. No evidence. And remember, every form of media suppressed this because Trump said it. Trump. I could play a Rand Paul. He says the motherfucker should be fired. He's not gonna. Falky laughs off. You have the Nicole Wallace just praising him and licking his taint. This fucking shit. Pasaki refused to answer. Falky's book wiped out. Nobody sees it. Nobody's talking about it. But we're going to cover this. This is more important. She's, she's going to be on Vogue and shit. You got Lionheart about the mass mandates. What... Our government has done to our children this past year. Huge study. Totally shows they're fucked. Mentally. Health of people. How many people are going to die of cancer? How many people have? How many people have overdosed? When you knew lockdowns were not necessary. When you knew it was a seasonal flu. Mark my words, in a couple years when we go back to normal life, maybe, because the left's not going to give it up, 
Mark my words, you are going to see that the seasonal flu is going to be worse than COVID. You'll see it. I got to take that light off. It's blinding the shit out of me. So here's my two bits for a move. We move into a media slash Biden conglomerate of bullshit and get a woke section in. We have rabbit holed Russia. To this day, there are people that believe Russia stole the election in 2016. It was all a lie. Every institution was part of that lie. The media was part of that lie. Then they come to this election and they see the polls. And it's not good for them. The person they wanted, the black female, who's not really black, but she's female, she wasn't going to win. Pocahontas wasn't going to win. You had Joe Biden. Because you couldn't put up fucking Bernie again because he's a socialist. And they knew in a general, people weren't going to do that. And they're so anti-Semitic, he's Jew. That's not going to work. COVID strikes. They initially do the TDS. He says travel bans. They say no. Come down to Chinatown. There's been no study about how many people died because they said go to Chinatown. Massless. They shame people for wearing masks and taking PPE away from people. I was one of them. I I had N95s because of my allergies. I had people looking at me like I was a fucking mama, a baby killer. Then they said he didn't do it soon enough. Then they hampered everything he did, and they put the blame on him. Falky, we know, is spending all his time trying to suppress everything because he financed this shit show that gave us a fucking virus that was killing 3 million people on the planet, and he knew it. We now know all these scientists, all these doctors, they're all part of woke. So they don't care about truth or facts or anything. They care about woke. And we have the perfect time to get rid of Donald J. Trump. They know if they lock the country down, the economy is going to go to shit. They can blame Trump. They did. This is just like... The article, we fortified the election. They knew they could use COVID to win an election. And the powers that be, because Trump wasn't smart, and I'm not talking about the election, I'm talking about he didn't go in there and fire everybody. He was surrounded by a Obamaites, Clintonites, and hanger-ons from Democratic administrations. They were knifing him, suppressing shit. I mean, how many things have we learned post-election about what they did? From lying about troop strengths, not withdrawing troops. Fighting to withdraw troops until Biden says we can draw troops, and now we're withdrawing troops from Afghanistan. 
this was the biggest coup that has ever happened. And I don't give a fuck it was Trump. I know Trump's a piece of shit. I know Trump's not presidential. I know his Twitter account's horrible. I know he doesn't have the right temperament. This is the biggest scandal that has ever happened to our country. That's why they're so heavy on the 9-11, January 6th. It's a civil war. They're trying to deflect so hard off what they did and say, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. And they're suppressing all these email releases because they don't want people to read that shit. They're sticking to its racist to say it's China. Yet they called it a Chinese virus. They called it the Wuhan virus. They did because it didn't have a name. As an American, the more I read these emails, the more I got angry. They have ruined the country. They destroyed it to gain power. That's all they did. And the ramifications has 29% of their own people not wanting to leave their house. We have kids that missed a whole year of school. Mental illness. Suicides. Not the gay ones they talk about that aren't true. I'm talking the real ones. Sorry, I have really bad breath. Overdoses. Like I said, cancers that nobody... You can't go to a doctor some places now. I don't get face-to-face still. They're still playing like it's COVID. You get phone consults. And it was all a lie. They knew it came from a lab. They knew it was released. We financed it. They knew the mask didn't work. They knew that it wasn't worse than the few. They they, they knew it all. All of it. They knew there was no reason to lock the country down. But bend the curve became, oh my God, this is awesome. The economy's falling apart. Trump's fucked. He's just fucked. And they start installing their laws to get everybody to vote by mail because now they got it. They know they know Biden can stay in a basement and he's going to win. Because they have assured, they have told at nauseum with the media being part of their fucking comms department that it's his fault. He killed everybody. He didn't care about it. Look, at he got COVID himself because he doesn't believe in science. We don't even know who got Hopes Hicks sick? And if it was the Biden administration, once again, the Biden administration, we would research, there'd be a federal investigation who got his aides sick. We didn't even do it because the FBI didn't want him. The CIA didn't want him. Every department didn't want Trump. Everybody didn't give a fuck. If he got murdered, they were happy. If he died of COVID, they'd be so excited. 
Trump used to run around and all those crazy people and those QAnon motherfuckers that everybody's so scared of, but we still don't know who runs Antifa and BLM, but okay. They talked about the deep state. And I used to look at them like they're crazy. But Fauci's email shows there is a deep state and they're running this country. And as I've said a million times, I'm upset with Trump, the way he acted, but now I'm more upset. We'll never have a normal person, a regular American become president. Because if this is what they do, what the fuck? And last but not least, we were told that he was the biggest liar ever. Ever. He's just a liar. Everything he says is a lie. We now know everything the media said about Russia's a lie, the phone call's a lie, the capital's a lie. COVID, a gigantic lie that they knew. But they did it anyway because they wanted to get Trump out of office. I personally for the rest of my days, will never vote for a Democrat again. I will never believe anything any of the media ever says. I will never believe anything Google says, or Facebook says, or Twitter says. Every one of these people just took over a country and lied. It's the worst thing that's ever happened. And if you don't see it that way, because you just don't like Trump, You're a piece of shit. Because let one out of the hundred of things happen over four years and the last two years of COVID happened to Biden. See what happens. Motherfuckers are going to jail. People are getting fired. The media will pillory them. Their houses will get vandalized. They will get beat in the street by his brown shirts. Just one of them. If for some reason we get lucky and this dumbass gets voted out, in four years, let one of his things not be called like the Abraham Accords. The media will shit their pants. They didn't even report this. They're not reporting anything. We have an iron curtain that we don't know anything that's going on. And if it wasn't for an agency that wasn't a conservative agency that actually asked for the FOIA, we wouldn't even know that from soup to nuts, beginning and end, everything out of Fauci's mouth, everything out of the media's mouth was a fucking lie on COVID. And now as a person who's, uh, what, four days, five days from being fully vaccinated, God damn, I wish I wouldn't even taken the shot. I wish I wouldn't even taken it now. I've been sick as fuck. It made me sick. Worse than anthrax. Worse than yellow fever. And when you're saying it's not even good enough because there's other variants and we want you to get a third... Oh, no, I don't believe you now. 
I just don't believe you. You used a virus to win an election. I said those words because it was a feeling. Now I know it's the truth. And then this guy gets to go on stage as we go into our Biden section slash media and say these words knowing that we just lost all these jobs because of the COVID lie you did and now he's claiming he did more jobs than anybody? Good morning. Today we received great news for our economy and our recovery and for the American people. This morning we learned that in May... Our economy created 559,000 new jobs. Unemployment rate fell to 5.8 percent, and wages went up for American workers. That means we have now created over 2 million jobs in total since I took office, more jobs than ever been created in the first four months of any presidency in modern history, triple the rate of my predecessor, eight times the rate of President Reagan. The unemployment rate is now below 6% for the first time since the pandemic hit. The first 14 months, first time, first time in 14 months, we saw the largest decline in the number of long-term unemployed. Joining me now is Kurt Bardella, LA Times contributor and Democratic Party strategist. And Kurt, I mean, I I hate to keep taking you back to the nightmare days of Breitbart, (laughs) but I need for you to explain to me (laughs) why Republicans have... VSE, victim status envy, why do they want so badly to redirect historic wrongs, especially racially based wrongs, and make themselves the star of that show and the victim? Why do they want to be classed as victims? I mean, it's, it's, it's a mania uh, joy here. I mean, because, again, there's, there's such a cognitive dissonance here. On one hand, the right likes to pride themselves on, quote unquote, owning the libs and calling everybody snowflakes. And on the other hand, they're claiming to be victims. They're delicate, they're weak, they're to be, you know, we're supposed to feel pity for them. How horrible that they're being infringed upon and and, and attacked from the radical social stuff and all things that they litter out there every single day. And the reality is, obviously none of that is true. None of that is rooted in reality. But it's the only thing that they can do It's the only fallback that they have. They know that when the playing field is level, they can't win. They know that in a conversation about actual public policy, about the things that truly impact people's day-to-day lives, they can't win. They know that in a conversation rooted in fact, reality, truth, historical accuracy, context, they can't win. And so... More than 100 scholars who study democracy for a living have issued a frantic warning. They write that anti-voting initiatives are transforming several states into political systems that no longer meet the minimum conditions for free and fair elections. This is our struggle every single day for, for at least on my show, and I'm sure it is for you, is how much, how much uh, platform do we give that? Because we say it's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot of people. It's not the majority of people in this country. It is a number. It's not even, I don't believe it's the majority of people in the Republican Party. So remember, you have to look at the percentage of the electorate the percentage of people who who are part of the Republican Party and the percentage of people in that. It's not a majority of people in this country. And I just wonder if we over inflate it, if we give too much of a voice to it, because Donald Trump right now is the Wizard of Oz. 
My God, if Trump said that fucking horse shit, you know what would fucking happen? Get the fuck out. But they're transcribers. They're not going to go into deep numbers. This is the same thing with Obama, Bush. I noticed it then. It was just unbelievable how they just literally, oh, this is great. But that's what they'd say when it's a Republican. Then you get into the numbers. May was a solid month for hiring at the pace. The job market would likely be fully recovered by 2022. This is WAPO. The U.S. gained back 66% of a job lost to pandemic. About 7.6 million jobs to go, or 9 million if you look at pre-pandemic. This is amazing take on jobs report that missed by 100K following a monthly job report that missed by 740K following a jobs report that revised downward 144K. I mean, seriously, the job market should be recovered by the end of 2022-2022? Of course. Because we're not going to say the truth. We're going to spend all our time doing these studies. That we just showed. I mean, just from my intro about the the voting and everything we've talked about. It's false. They make shit up. And this is another one. A study that shows people on the political right tend not only to be targeted by fake news, but to believe it to be correct. Analysis just suggests that conservatism is associated with a lesser ability to distinguish between true and false claims across a wide range of political issues with a tendency to believe that all claims are true, writes Kelly Garrett of Robert Bond. The study also shows that conservatives' propensity to hold misperceptions is partly explained by the political implication of the widely shared news. Socially engaged truthful claims tend to favor the left while engaging falsehoods disproportionately favor the right. Each article used in the study was carefully fact-checked, likely by the same people who aren't done with their fact-checking of the New York Post story on Hunter Biden. People's reply, that's an apple. Like, say, Russia... We just did a study done by a non-biased organization that showed actual numbers which side was better. And it was the right actually had a clue to what the real numbers were. Whereas the left went with the amount of gay people. I mean, you name it, they inflate it because they don't know any better. They listen to CNN. Then one of the proponents they say, or the media says, for this new HR1S1 federal takeover of elections so Democrats control things going forward, since it worked so well for them in 2020, is dark money. Axios. Not the far alt-right there. A dark money group aligned with Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer helped pay for deceptive ads aimed at depressing Republican general election turnout in 2018. Newly released records show. Tax returns revealed dark money group bankrolling deceptive digital ads and mailers aimed at depressing vote in 2018. General election got most of its cash. 2.7 million of the 4 million from Senate Democrat nonprofit Majority Forward. Majority Ford, a den nonprofit aligned with Schumer, funded ads through another nonprofit in 2018 attacking GOP. Yeah, but that's that's not a problem. I could have sworn I heard Democrats say how bad dark money group is. 
Why are you going to weigh in on this, Senate White House? I'm sure Sheldon Whitehouse will be holding hearings any day now. Imagine my surprise. All is fair in war, but again, the bias. This story would have been out before the 2018 election if it was a Republican group. And that's totally true. And then this is just the greatest thing ever. Really think about it. Gas and beef have been hacked. What are the two things the climate warriors say? Gas and beef. But once again, not Biden's fault because we... Just have people that transcribe. California Assembly, a Senate unveiled a joint spending plan that proposes a program in which the state would pay for and own up to 45% of a home that would cut the purchase price nearly in half, allowing more families to buy homes and build wealth, but they'd own it. But no, we're not, they're not communists. What's wrong with you? This isn't Marxism. Biden comes out against commission. Then we get this. This is this is embarrassing for the feds. A paid informant lied to them. FBI just took his word for it. Prosecutors seek to drop first capital riot case. The case against Christopher Kelly in New York is the first of nearly 500 stemming from the riot. The man, Christopher Kelly of New York City, was arrested January 20th. The FBI said a paid confidential informant told agents that Kelly was posting material on Facebook Messenger app about the riot and his plans to be in Washington January 6th. The informant said a photo taken inside the Capitol was also posted, according to FBI. And the charging document filed in court, an FBI agent said, I believe the message and image reflect that Chris Kelly was using his account to inform associates that he had breached the Capitol. The court document accompanying the charges included photos that the FBI said showed Kelly on Capitol grounds but they did not include any further indication that he entered the building. Other riot cases have included data from cell phone service providers indicating the defendant's phones were inside the building. This case did not, nor did it include any photos of Kelly inside the Capitol, and he's been released. What's especially egregious about this is that the informant told the feds a photo taken inside the Capitol was also posted. The FBI didn't bother to confirm, because we just did shock and awe, Remember? I believe the message and images reflect Chris Kelly was in account to inform associates. They are quite incapable of embarrassment. Serious question. Is it possible the more to the story than it is says here? Or are they that brazen? No, they don't care. Two to six trillion dollars worth of damage during the George Floyd summer of love. 1.5 million. That's literally one fifth the damage in Wisconsin state house during capital a union protest forget about the damage inflicted on dc or kenosha or louisville and their city many but set the 220 race riots cheered by the press the capital riot obsession is propaganda and don't even begin to tell me that this is different because one rioter was killed dozens were killed this past summer stop lying this is how you lose democracy When there's two sets of laws, this is how you lose democracy. We're not investigating anything on the left because every time, every time a lefty fucks up, it just gets swept under the rug. We impeached a president under a fucking phone call and a speech that was a quarter of what the left did. We got a sitting congresswoman who is four times private pile, told people to beat people up. Palmer Report. This fucking piece of shit. 
Given that so many at Palm Report's long-term predictions are now coming true and so many other liberal pundits are looking so bad for getting it wrong, it was probably inevitable they start lashing out at me in frustration and that would become a referendum on me. Um, many of the most prominent liberal pundits have been dishonestly attacking me from the day I started writing. My fact-based analysis get in the way of whatever rating-driven false narrative they got on them. A partisan infotainment website has now called for a member of Pennsylvania House Democrat leadership to resign because of check notes mean tweets. They're eating their own. This is one of my favorites, too. How many people got fucking banned off Twitter for tweeting truth over Fauci's emails that we know is now truth? How many? All conservative. During an election. And why, since we're on all this, why have you not heard this? Now we turn to a disturbing story out of South Carolina. Look at this. Over the weekend, apparent far-left anarchists vandalizing the home of Congresswoman Nancy Mace. They graffitied her property with personal attacks, profane language, and anarchist symbols with two young kids at home. Uh, these images are extremely chilling. Nancy, first, I'm sorry what happened to you. Uh, um, Nancy, I'm sorry what happened to you and your family. And, you know, tell us about what happened. How scary is it? I've been in the media 33 years. I've lived through a lot myself. It's not fun. No, it's not. And it was, it's been a jarring day. This was invasive. This was my home. And it was, quite frankly, scary. This is the home where I live. I'm a single mom and I have two kids. And I'm sad for my kids because they had, they had to see this. And I'm sad for my neighbors. They didn't ask for this to happen. But this is the left coming after the right, coming after us conservatives. And Earlier today, I'm conservative. First thing I did was talk to local law enforcement, got them to my house, and and there was a former Obama staffer, you know, forging conspiracy theories on social media today, saying I didn't even file a police report. What do you think I did, Sean? The very first thing I did was file a police report. And so, if your viewers want to see that police report, they want to see the the photos, the photographic evidence and videos that I took when this happened. Then go online to my website at nancymace.org. This is wrong, and this is the left coming after the right, and it's got to stop. Nancy, I don't care what your, what your politics are. Every one of our elected officials needs to be protected. Are you getting the protection you rightly deserve? And I would say this, that, that it should be available to any Democrat threatened this way. Absolutely. And no one, regardless of your political beliefs, everyone should feel safe at home. But look at what's happened over the years. They shot Steve Scalise. Rand Paul was was left in a hospital and has part of his lung missing now. And we're seeing the left burn, loot and destroy our cities and our property. This is not the first time that I've been attacked with vandalism. They uh, they keyed my car last year when I was campaigning for Congress on the day of one of my debates. And now they're on my front doorstep. But I want to say one thing. If the folks that did this, the person or persons that came onto my front doorstep that did this thinks that I'm going to be intimidated. Well, they thought wrong. I'm going to work harder and stronger and fight more for my convictions and my core values and my beliefs. And Why is it the right always gets attacked and the media skips it? Hmm. And then there was a big fluff where Brian Seltzer now is not only going after Fox, he's going after freaking uh, Glenn Greenwald, Rob Schneider. The toad that is Brian Seltzer commenting on Gren Greenwald is arguably the most important journalist of the century. It's like listening to a hot dog vendor discuss Michelin star restaurants. And that 
is the truth. Let's get woke. Turn it up. Turn it on. Rock it like we fed to the bone. Get on the floor. Run it loose. Gotta put these two left feet to use. If you need education in the party scene. As you think you can dance with me. This ain't no joke. Turn up. Let's get woke. So-called heartbeat bans passed in 14 other states have been blocked by federal courts. But in Texas, private citizens will be able to sue anyone they believe violates the law, meaning abortion rights groups will need a new legal strategy to fight this ban. Do you think this law will go into effect? I do. I believe it will. Are you surprised that we're having this conversation today about whether or not Roe v. Wade survives? I'm angry about it. I'm angry that we're still fighting the same battle. A high school valedictorian goes off script in the middle of her pre-approved speech to deliver a powerful and unexpected message. Ditching her approved script to address an issue that she's really passionate about. A commencement speech going viral for going very off script. A high school student making the dramatic choice to switch out her pre-approved speech for a fiery political message. 18-year-old valedictorian Paxton Smith taking the stage at Lake Highlands High School Sunday, using her three minutes at the podium to take a stand against Texas's new so-called heartbeat abortion bill. I cannot give up this platform to promote complacency and peace when there is a war on my body and a war on my rights. Smith, who only told her parents about what she had planned, says she was shocked by the positive reaction from the room and beyond. Hillary Clinton tweeting, this took guts. Thank you. I have dreams and hopes and ambitions. Every girl graduating today does. And we have spent our entire lives working towards our future. And without our input and without our consent, our control over that future has been stripped away from us. I am terrified that if my contraceptives fail, I am terrified that if I am raped, then my hopes and aspirations and dreams and efforts for my future will no longer matter. I hope that you can feel how gut-wrenching that is. I hope you can feel how dehumanizing it is to have the autonomy over your own body taken away from you. And I cannot give up this platform to promote complacency and peace when there is a war on my body and a war on my rights. A war on the rights of your mothers. A war on the rights of your sisters. A war on the rights of your daughters. We cannot stay silent. Throughout my career, I have focused on the intersection between medical, mental and behavioral health. And as your ash, I will continue that focus and support policy initiatives to improve Americans' physical and mental well-being. Mother and daughter speaking out against critical race theory, whose viral video seems to have struck a chord with a lot of people. Take a look, lookers. Daddy teaches you you can be anything in this world that you want to be, right? Don't daddy teach you that? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if, if you're black or white or any color. And if they're nice and smart. See, this is how this is how children think right here. Critical race theory wants to end that. Not with my children. It's not gonna happen. We need to stop CRT. 
period, point blank. Children do not see skin color, man. Here. Oh, yeah. Killing your baby is so brave, dude. It's just like, oh, the media loves it. Loves it. It is the best ever. So we're going to clog our airwaves with their little speech. We're going to get medical advice from a lady who's a guy. Whatever. And I love that video of that little girl. I love that video. Kids don't know skin color in the sandbox. But we don't hear enough of this. So this is the um, Paxton Smith. It was Twitter trending. I I saw it when I was looking for uh, articles on NASCAR. Lake Highland High School valedictorian Paxton Smith surprised commencement attendees by speaking about the heartbeat bill that was recently passed. It's horrible. Fuck that baby. Fuck you, you fucking sexist. Yada, yada, yada. Everybody got more. Look at this. Olivia Wilde. Queen shit, we love you. Everyone should listen to this brave, smart, strong young woman who doesn't know how to use birth control. Paxton Smith is a heroine. More of this young folks, we must speak up for your rights. Okay, let's let's speak up for our rights. The right for our kids. Not to be brainwashed that you shouldn't use birth control because there's deadly disease called AIDS out there. Thought you heard about it because you blame Reagan for it. So I'm assuming you know about it. Maybe it's just me. And worse, Gay Betty, Paramount Plus reboot of Rugrats turns mom gay. Woohoo! We need that. Then we go back in the USA Today. I didn't put it up here. Whole article written by another teenage kid about how she gets beat by dudes with cock and balls in the sprints. And they went back and took out the hurtful language in the USA Today. Got rid of it. And we're not doing articles on this. That's a sickness. If you want to look like a Barbie, you probably got a mental illness. I'm just throwing it out there. That's what you got. Nada. You got a P-tube. But yeah, that's there's nothing wrong with it. Or this. In secretly recorded footage, pro-trans doctor makes truly insane argument for amputating teen breasts. Because, yeah. Yeah, this is good. This is good shit. Next article. Pandering to 0.6 NPR partners with gay lobby to update gender language so what did they do they gave you a little handy dandy thing about how to deal with pronouns oh let, let's read this this is oh taylor swift's not gone gay too she's um uh, piping the equality act now because you know if you don't get in it you can't sell albums journalism is a problem with source diversity that's why i'm so proud of this resource all the experts here are npr vetted you can search by location or field use it to tell fuller stories not sure how to ask someone about the pronouns that's why I just say, what's up? That's the way you handle it. You just don't. Or confused about what different gender terms mean. We put together a 101 guide to common terms about gender identity, how to talk about gender respectfully, and why it matters. Because we said so. Here's a little blurb from it. It's kind of hard to read because they do this tan thing. I don't understand why. Knowing each other's pronoun helps be sure you have accurate information about another person. Oh, really? 
when they don't know who they are, why do I even need it? When they don't need it, why do I need it? I'm asking for a friend because I don't understand this stuff. If you're saying there's no gender, I don't need to know shit because we don't need to talk about gender. Uh, how a person appears in terms of gender expression doesn't indicate anything about what their gender identity is. Glad Schmidner says, uh, the Glad Schmidner, not Glad Schmidner, so that's his name. You're going to get to know someone a little better. And while it can be awkward at first, it can quickly become routine. Rodrigo Ring Lentman, if you got a hyphen name, you're a douchebag. Deputy Executive Director of the National Center for Transgender Equity notes that the practice of stating one's pronouns at the bottom of an email or during introductions at a meeting can also relieve some headache for people whose first names are less common or gender. Sometimes Americans look at a name and are like, I have no idea if I'm supposed to say he, she, or whatever. Not because the person's trans, but just because the name is a culture you don't recognize. And blah, blah, blah. Has there ever been a more spoiled first world problem than this silliness? No serious person needs to know anything about this. Thanks, but I'm absolutely sure that I will never ask anybody their fucking pronoun. And their little guy, glossary of terms, uh, sex, gender, gender identity, gender expression, cisgender, transgender, non-binary, agender, gender expansive, gender transition, gender dysphoria, sexual orientation, intersex, pronouns, he, she, it, they. We're going to cover this on another day, so I'm going to put it in the woke section and we'll break it down because it's probably totally different. It's all changed. All changed. But it's like we started the show. It's about brainwashing. And nothing's better than CRT. My name is Allison Dempsey. This year I'm teaching fifth grade social studies in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Racist teaching and learning is upholding the systems and sort of like the classroom hierarchy. Inquiry-based learning challenges that model because the children guide the learning. So what are some racial differences that you've noticed around you? Who would like to share? People are different, so you get treated based on like um, how they look um, and what the, who would side it as like um, the dominant culture. What is the dominant culture? What does the dominant culture do? They like, make people believe certain stereotypes about a certain group of people, not just um, blacks, but also um, browns or um, indigenous. Um, Anybody whose skin color is um, darker. Dominant culture is for powerful people with power and white people make other people think that black people are bad. So that's why black people don't have power. If a white person kills a black person, is they call it self-defense. But if a black person kills a white person, it says murder. Mm. That's, that's, that's how unfair like black people's life is they actually knew it they actually said everything I, i'm going with what he says Th this is child abuse there's so uh, this fifth grade social study teacher shares a critical race theory anti-racism curriculum for a classroom listen to what these kids have been conditioned to say empowering educator this is child abuse 
Meanwhile, fifth graders in China are busy learning chemistry and trig. Incubating racist was not my bingo card. I don't know what which is more awful, the content of her lesson or the vocal fry. This is not inquiry-based learning. And again, the teacher agrees with assigning negative motives to anyone of the dominant white group. If I were POC student, I refuse to do any homework because he's a, she's a racist oppressor under her own paradigm. The dominant culture makes people believe stereotypes about people. Better example of irony would be difficult to find. Because these groups that are so enlightened, and you Trumpicans, and you fucking pieces of shit, you're murderers. But maybe not. Statement. This is Andy Angio again. Statement on May 28th, Antifa assault. No journalist in America should ever face violence for doing his or her job. Yet on Friday, May 21, 28th, Antifa tried to kill me again while I was reporting on an ongoing protest and riots in Portland, Oregon for a new chapter of my book, Unmasked Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. I was chased, attacked, and beaten by a masked mob baying for my blood. Had I not been able to shelter wounded and bleeding inside a hotel while they beat the doors and windows like animals... There is no doubt in my mind that I would not be here today. Now, these these are the tweets, and I, I, didn't, I didn't put them up because we've put so many of these up. Looks like meat is back on the menu. Don't worry about martyrs being created from cancel culture. Andy and Joe needs to go one way or the other. Andy and Joe is at the Nines Hotel right now, fucking now. They never really finished the Andy and Joe problem effectively like they should. I can stay on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can call for death of conservatives, or in his case, he's a gay Asian guy. And if he was a liberal, this would be another anti-Asian attack. That, you know, literally, I, I'm not going in depth in it. I've been wanting to, but I have so much shit. Uh, here's just a taste. Just a taste. Surge, anti-Asian hate crime surge, 145%. Um, let me zoom this fucking shit in so I can... Even with glasses, I can't read it. Um, New York City. 28 cases. 15 in Los Angeles. 22 in Chicago. Hardly any in any non-blue state. California's got a shit ton. Seattle, Washington, 12. This data is just out of fucking control. It is it is black people. All hate crime. Uh, 194 up. All anti-white. Up 73%. Anti-black. Down 13. Anti-Arab. Arab plus 13. We're going to cover this on another show. The data clearly shows that... In these blue cities, it's okay to beat people of another race, and we're just not going to fucking report it. Anaphone wants me dead because I document what they want to stay hidden. The attack against me and threats on my life or retribution for my work as a journalist. Recording the tactics and true ideology of an extremist clandestine movement that relies on deception and regards the truth. I'm sorry. 
the greatest threat of all. They want the right to hide their identities behind masks and erase records of their arrests and alleged crimes. They want me dead for capturing their things and reporting on them. And preserved by the Founding Fathers report freely without fear. I was forced to flee my home in Portland last year as the death threats escalated, but returned recently to take care of my elderly family. When I engaged in field reporting for my book, I did what every beat reporter would do. I took care to mitigate the risk and went to observe Antifa firsthand during a demonstration at Justice Center. Like many other journalists, Antifa has tried to silence and intimidate through violence and threats. To do my job, stay alive as the Asian son of a Vietnamese immigrant, I also have to be mindful of Antifa's attack on multiple East Asians. Report... Documenting bleeding after being shoved on the ground, hit multiple times because they thought he was Andy NGO. Shortly after midnight, Antifa member John Hacker, who saw me in 2019, began asking me questions I didn't answer and attempted to walk away. But a group of masked people in black followed and surrounded me as they interrogated me. One managed to pull off my mask and immediately yelled, that's Andy, get him, get him. As I sprinted through downtown Portland trying to flag down help, there were no visible police presence. Pioneer's police place mall punching my head and face it, while i pleaded for them to not kill me all the time i could hear the angry cries of footsteps of mod uh it, you can see it it's all there and the chaos i managed to seize a moment when the attacker was distracted and crawled away and as soon as i could get my feet i printed it inside the only business i could do open the nines hotel and begged hotel staff to call nine one one and here is the video that we're going to play. No Your infiltrator asked lying hey, racist. You need to get off my property okay, right now. Okay, call a denying bitch. I can't wait for you to come out, Andy. You thought the milkshakes were bad last time? We're going to beat the fuck out of you, bitch. Y'all, Andy knows here at the Nines Hotel. Andy knows inside the hotel calling the cops on everyone saying that he's going to get killed out here. At the Nines Hotel right here by Pioneer Square. He's hiding right here on the phone with the cops. And they're trying to kick him out. Big guy. Scum! Nazi scum! You 
see my face, Andy? Andy, you see my face? You see my fucking face? Oh, God, Andy! Where are you sitting now? Where are you Yeah, yeah! Oh. This is how Deadspin handled it. Don't call him a journalist. Some woke twerp complained to Twitter about it creating news features describing any NGO as a journalist, so Twitter dutifully complied and removed the description. So it started with um, journalist to author was chased and beaten because he's, he's not a journalist. Dear Chuck, kick good man's ass and bark at the hole. Too often happening in real world seems to be drawn directly from dystopian fiction. So you condone an attempted murder. Andy is a journalist who does important work. You're a broken tool who works for Deadspin. It goes on, it goes on, it goes on. Because instead of covering this anti-Asian crime, now Latinos are shot more proportionally. Founder of BLM, St. Paul. Black Lives Matter is racist against black children over charter schools. They left. Yeah, we're not going to cover that. But the NPR, yeah, we went and found uh, the language of the amendment. Anderson says it's cracked to ensure the slave owners could quickly crush any rebellion and resistance for those whom they've enslaved. And she says the right to bear arms presumably guaranteed all citizens has been repeatedly denied to black people. One of the things I argue throughout this book is just that being black, that is a threat. And so when you mix that being black as a threat with bearing arms is an exponential fear, she said. This is an anti-gun or pro-gun book. This is about African-American rights. Stephen L. Miller, these people are all in on CRT because they think it's a silver bullet to every issue they oppose. It's cultural or Marxism, Marxism dressed up as racism, and they aren't going to stop. This, also, this author also testified in recent North Carolina voter ID case that blacks could suffer from white rage, as she called it, as an explanation for why Democratic lawmaker co-sponsored the bill. This is the first time they tried this line. It's not the first. It just keeps happening. Second Amendment's racist. Uh, we formed a country based on slavery. They just keep rolling this stuff out. And when they keep getting confronted with black people knocking out Asians and anti-Semitism being done by Palestinians and allies of Talib, Omar, AOC, and all them, well, this is how they handle it. We, we just don't know how... This, these attacks are happening. But according to Zach Beauchamp, there are three theories. The first theory is also the simplest. There are isolated incidents not reflective of a deeper trend. Second theory is that we are seeing right now is more than anything else a reflection of an upswing in anti-Semitism that began during Trump. Oh, okay. Third is possibly seeing the beginning of what might be termed the Europeanization of America and anti-Semitism. Yeah, no. None of that's there. This has always been anti-Zionism, BDS, has always been in the left. It's what you guys do. 
you don't like Jews. You, you never have. I mean, remember the Women's March? The Women's March they found, and it, and it got people in big trouble over on uh, Tablet because they reported the truth. Oh, sorry. Pushed the wrong button. They reported the truth that the Women's March literally was anti-Semite like a ma-fa. But, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Sounds good. That, that's, that's, that's what we're going to run with. Hmm. <clears throat> John Levine. Found him, Nick. Help me find Trump's anarchist in Portland. This is going back to when they said there was no anarchism. Anarchists, an increase in violent crime, hijacked Portland's social justice movement. Uh, WAPO reported it. At long last, your tireless search has borne fruit, Nick Kristoff, because that's what we were doing. We were not covering Antifa because Antifa was our friend. They were helping us fear people into becoming anti-racist. So if you join CRT and BLM, they don't beat you or vandalize your house. I mean, I could I could have spent an hour on Andy and Joe all over Portland, kill Andy and Joe. Hmm. It's fine. Study Facebook lets genocidal communist China influence over 751 million followers. Chinese propaganda, American media. They get it. Some unlocking investigation by AP and Oxford Internet Institute found China rise in influence on Twitter and Facebook has propelled. Facebook has allowed Chinese state-controlled media to push inaccurate and dubious claims. They let them censor shit. China has used state-controlled media presence on Facebook to rationalize, justify, and legitimize its human rights violations against everybody. Facebook has also allowed China to use its state-controlled media presence on platforms to push propaganda. We know this. They run Facebook. They run the NBA. They run CBS. They run everything. Everything. It, it's fine because can't pass China. It's Trump. Tech executives start pro free speech organization, which is really just a code name for more censorship. Twitter launches Birdwatch and fact check tweets that groups live again. They took it down and brought it back. May, uh, censorship in May, five ways big tech silenced American people. One, Facebook Oversight Board upholds Trump's ban. They're going to do it to 2022. Facebook refused to give political contributions to more than 100 Republican elected officials. Apple accused of firing book author after woke employees complain. YouTube suspends Steven Crowder channel for a second strike. Facebook removes page of all pro-life organizations. They're just gone. It's gone. But no bias. Justin Hart. The media conjured up four years of Russian collusion stories from the simple word great, but can't be bothered to dig further into the multi-thread email with the subject important as Fauci covers up sources of COVID-19 virus. And the social media just... Let it happen. They suppressed it. You couldn't post it. But okay. Okay. Chris Pratt. 
closes us out, tells Snowflakes flakes to man up on freaking Memorial Day. And he shows a picture of a Marine in front of the grave crying. He got nuked for it because the left hates religious people. He's one of them. And they fucking hate vets. But Matt in Oregon got us our lighter fare today. This is epic. They'll put you in prison But when they lie to all of us It's called being a politician You think taking guns away Will save our kids from the killings But you're pro-choice Abortion kills way more children If America's so terrible and racist It probably isn't safe to encourage immigration Just saying All the contradictions are embarrassing you know who hates America the most? Americans. Trigger warnings used to be on TV for seizures. And now they're everywhere to protect millennials' feelings. He, she, his, him, hers, them, they. Screw a pronoun, because everyone's a retard these days. I hear him preaching at the protest that hatred's the problem. But hating straight men, white folks, and Christians is common. Coca-Cola telling people they should be less white. They preach intolerance, but if you disagree, they fight. There's a race war here. Elections based on fear. Black lives only matter once every four years. Soldiers died for this country, and every one of us benefits. Give welfare to the bums and forget about the veterans Black folks and white folks divided by the news But we are all the same, we are red, white, and blue Ashamed to be American? Okay, that's cool Cause honestly, we are all ashamed of you too Y'all are so fake, oh no The forecast said that there'd be snowflakes Whoa, you can't make us see it your way No way, gasoline and propane More flames They set us up to fail, that's what they built the system for Put an ammunition shop across the street from a liquor store Empowering women used to be different than this before The role models got OnlyFans or dance on a stripper pole Screw it, I ain't tripping, I don't mean to be mean But if our children are the future, then our future is bleak They take an Adderall to focus, hit McDonald's to eat They're addicted to phones and they take Xanax to sleep they blurred the lines dividing communism and democracy In 2021 we paint the patriots as Nazis The men playing women's sports get trophies for winning Like great let's celebrate a man for beating some women If you're black your life matters you're supposed to embrace it If you're rich or you're smart then you're probably Asian If you're gay then you're brave all of that up but if you're white, the stereotype is you are a racist Blaming capitalism like that's the reason things are tough While you tweet from an iPhone and sip on a Starbucks You're supporting what you stand against, you don't think you are But a Percocet addict don't donate money to pharma Damn dog, we're all afraid to speak the truth And the more afraid we get, the more we hate the ones who do You're ashamed to be American? Okay, that's cool Cause honestly, we are all ashamed of you too Y'all are so fake, oh no the forecast said that there'd be snowflakes Whoa, you can make us see it your way No way, gasoline and propane More flames, oh no, no more snowflakes We can all get along, but there's no stopping Everybody's wrong, that's a real problem They don't want to hear it, but they still talking Soon enough, we running out of options This ain't gonna end till it's in the coffin we ain't gonna be friends till we try to squash it Ay, I don't know how we can make amends or we drop it Snowflakes melt when it's hot, kid Y'all are so fake, oh no The forecast said that there'd be snowflakes Whoa, you can make us see it your way No way, 
So as I get ready to hit uh, process, Matt sends me this another lighter fare. So we're going to add it in really quick. Some funny shit. It is the ATF training that he found. So have another laugh. Agent Richard Bizet here down at the ATF shooting range to show you criminals how we train. Bang! 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 Also, while I'm doing this, bang! I want to let you know that we know you didn't lose your guns in a boating accident. Bang! Bang! You don't even have a boat. Bang! You suck, dick. Why are you making us look bad with all this bad PR? God damn it, I don't suck ri- My name's Richard! Whatever, dick. Let me show you how it's done. Yeah, got him. You're welcome, America. Well, I guess since the FBI burned our range down, we're closing this episode a little early. So, thanks for that, FBI. If you guys are liking our videos, make sure you click the like button. Also hit that subscribe button. And if you leave any comments, we'll get to you later, perps. That is fantastic. You saw his name there. Support that guy, because that's good shit. Let's do our lighter fare. MSNBC tells you to shut the fuck up and do what they tell you. And NBC admits, eh, border's not really closed. This is America. Don't catch you slipping, no. Don't catch you slipping, no. Look what I'm whipping, no. This is America. Don't catch you slipping, no. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. Yesterday, Governor DeSantis signed a bill into law that would ban transgender female athletes from participating in sports consistent with their gender identity. Now, you would ask, why is he doing this? He's doing this for political gain. All of the medical associations, American Medical Association, American Psychological Association, they all oppose these bills. It's not based on science. And yet he's advancing this bill and has now signed this bill, which is blatantly unlawful. It's arbitrary and it's based on bias. So we're suing him and we're bringing him and the state of Florida to court. At the border, NBC News getting rare access with Border Patrol agents trying to manage the record migrant surge. The Biden administration insists the border is closed, but our team found a very different story. Julia Ainsley reports. It's nighttime in the Rio Grande Valley. These are some of the record number of migrants Border Patrol agents encounter every day. Families brought by smugglers turning themselves in because many told us they believe they'll be allowed to stay. Officially, the Biden administration says the border is closed because of the pandemic. Only unaccompanied children can come into the U.S. The border is closed. But that's not the reality here on the ground. Some who have crossed have been allowed to stay, creating confusion for would-be migrants who wonder if the dangerous journey north is worth risking their lives. We met Anna and her seven-year-old son, Walter, who said they tried to enter the U.S. last month but were expelled to Mexico and kidnapped. Now she's trying again. I don't want to go back. I'm afraid. I'm very afraid. But in a migrant shelter nearby, we found at least 20 adult men who authorities are allowing to stay in the U.S. to await asylum hearings. 
do you know why you've been allowed to stay in the United States? No sé realmente. I don't really know. We asked the Border Patrol chief here. It's a stated policy that we hear in Washington is that only unaccompanied children are allowed in right now. But what we saw firsthand in this sector is that even single adult males are being released. We have to depend a lot of times on what the capability or capacity of Mexico is to receive those families. He says if Mexico won't take them back, they're released here. Does that make it hard here for your men and women trying to send a message that the border is closed? It, it does. We need a system that is able to provide that humanitarian relief while also being able to provide national security, border security. We're struggling with that due to the high numbers that we're seeing. Chief Hastings told us so far this year, 17% of all families and single adults apprehended by his agents have been released into the U.S., motivating migrants to keep coming. Did anyone tell you you'll be able to stay? I heard people say that they were giving permission. Even if for most, their American dream may not be as close as... The to the first soundbite, it is affected by bias. Really? You want to stay with that statement? And NBC going out on that limb, wow. I'm actually kind of surprised. It, Wow. Really? Really? Okay. So when we first started This Is America, it was going to be the last soundbite and the worst soundbite something. But I saw something this week and it was on a, I don't know, was on a TV show, and th- this is for people who are my age, who every once in a while you reminisce. And I saw this video. I've never seen the movie, um, but I will update you. Um, the Conjuring is fucking horrible. We didn't even finish it. Getting On is pretty funny. We finished that. And if you want a series that is just amazing right now, just just watch The Mayor of Easttown. That is not my kind of movie or show. I don't get into that. It wasn't my thing. But damn, that thing was good. Seven episodes. We watched it like in two days. Very good TV. I was just really impressed. I had no fucking clue by the end who killed. I had blamed everybody in the show for the murder. And I was not even close. So I won't spoiler alert. But it'll fuck your head. So if you're bored, watch it. It's really good. But I saw this, and it just, bam! Man, I felt I was in the 80s. So we're going to do an 80s section right now. Enjoy. It's I Love the 80s. And this is 1987. The flicks. Greed is right. Greed works. The fashions. The trends. I have never been involved with white swapping. The TV. Die, commie bimbo. The tunes. A totally awesome year that gave us these burning questions. Come on. Was Def Leppard a hairband? Oh, please don't drag us into that law. And who's better, Debbie or Tiffany? Don't ask me to choose between Tiffany and Debbie Gibbs. That's like asking me to choose between my children. The answers to those questions, plus bird hair. And that poor little bunny. 
Because you love the 80s. Because you're still rocking the acid wash when no one's around. Admit it. Are you kidding me? This is 1987. <laughs>
That's a flashback. I don't really approve of the hair. Always thought that was kind of weird, but wow. For some reason, that was like everything in the 80s. Every 80 movies, every it was just all wrapped up. So this wraps up another sh- episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Make sure to share this with family and friends. Go to foppodcast.com to get this show, last show, and every other show because you can get links there. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Our next show is going to be 9. Yeah. 9 June, Year of Our Lord, 2021. I usually do a sum up, but we don't need a sum up. This one pretty much sums up everything we've been talking about for the last four years. Everything they did was to win an election. To undermine. And they're not going to stop. And the only way we fix this as a country is we need strong people. I'm not even saying conservative people. I'm just saying people that go back to facts because we're factless. We have a broken media. And I'm not a Trumper. I'm not mega. I'm not even in the GOP. And the only Fox show I watch is Tucker Carlson and The Five with my wife because she really loves The Five. She's glad Juan Williams is gone. She did not like the guy. But it's just garbage. Everything's garbage right now. And I got to admit, it'll be the fall of the democracy. If we can't have people going back to doing the facts and actually going after both parties as they're supposed to, we're never going to fix this. We're going to float down our fucking CRT woke stream of consciousness and end up with everybody in their homes hating each other. It's it's what they want. Because if you hate other people and you covet other people, I mean, not getting religious, covet thy neighbor was a reason. That just kind of makes sense. If you spend all your time thinking other people got a better run than you do, well, then you're just a bitter piece of shit. And that's not the way to live a life. We got to get back to a Washington where people fucking do something. And that's to both parties. But the problem is we only call out the right when they block things and don't go along with the other party's extremism. While we say it's saving democracy. I mean, how many times did I play saving democracy? Experts saying we're about to lose democracy over an election law that actually increases the ability in a lot of places for people to vote. It just requires an ID while the left wants to take over all elections and run them themselves. There you are. And I think if we go forward, and this is for the never-Trumpers that might be listening, Dennis, who doesn't talk to me anymore in New York, Just think about the last five months and these headlines with Trump and know that they suppressed it because Trump. That's what TDS did. Not only to the media, but to conservatives. And when you're talking the greater war, and I'm not saying I'm pious or I'm better, that's not what I'm saying. I do believe when I go in that voting booth, I pick the person that's going to hurt the country the less. With Trump, I knew they are going to stay on him like white on race in a paper plate in a snowstorm. And we were going to know what he's doing. He wasn't going to get away with crazy shit. Whereas every time we elected them, we don't know anything. We, we have no clue what they're doing. 
I mean, we only found out that they gave money to Iran and Hamas because the rockets got launched. If rockets never got launched and there was no conflict over there, we would never know. But those little things are important to a democracy. And when we have transcribers, not reporters, and then when you report factual things, but it's all right, it's dismissed as racism, sweet googly goo. I mean, we, we, we reported on this show for fucking ever campus conduct. And it was a joke. Now it's our government. It's our government agencies. It's our politicians. And it's every form of media other than Fox. Yet still on Fox, you have Chris Wallace, who's so afflicted by TDS, he can't see that the Falky emails, that's bigger than Watergate. That is huge. There's so much information in there that shows everything was just used to get Trump out of office. Follow the science was actually follow the election. That's scary. So disconnect from your devices. Do your research and tune back in Wednesday. We'll re-kit this thing up and do it again. Thanks for listening. Take care.